Thank you for tuning in to the 101st episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, whether it be via SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes. I want to thank you for making me and this show part of your day. Host, Daryl D. Lane, as always. Got a great podcast for you. You're going to have uh, Silas Garrison. Silas is going to come on. going to preview the whole uh, NFL last week. Going to talk about how all the games unfolded, what he thinks. Got a lot of stuff to talk about with Silas. Uh, might have another guest on. Uh, that's still kind of in the works, but we'll see if that uh, transpires. But for sure, we'll have Silas. But here's where I want to start. It's about damn time. It is about goddamn time. Eli Manning... Quarterback for the New York Giants has finally been benched, and it seems he's been benched for good. Daniel Jones, the quarterback they took sixth overall in the first round, is slated to start next week. And it's really funny and it's really interesting because everybody knows that person. They have that person in their life. It can be a significant other. It can be a, a family member. It can be a friend. And you know you got to break stuff off with them. You know you can't be around. You know they're not good for you. But you keep lasting on to those old memories. You remember those old dates? You remember those family reunions? You remember those times you rode your bicycle to the park and you hung out and you played tag when you were in elementary school? You remember those times. And it makes you, you know, more apt to put up with a lot more crap, a lot more bull, a lot more stuff that you know isn't good for you. The Giants have been putting up with Eli Manning since about 2013, he threw 18 touchdowns and, wait, 27 interceptions. That's bad. In fact, that's abominable. Eli Manning has been digressing since he won his last Super Bowl in 2011. Yet the Giants stuck with him, right? Legacy franchise, the New York Giants, the Big Blue. He beat Tom Brady, the New England Patriots, twice in the Super Bowl. Something no one can ever take away from him. And something I know people in New York in that area love because people from New York hate people from Boston and vice versa. So anytime you can get a win over Belichick and Brady, the hated empire of the NFL, that's great. And the Giants have been hanging on to that. And that is probably why Eli Manning will get into the Hall of Fame. But now Eli's a liability. Played my Buffalo Bills. Last week, he was 26 of 45, 57%, and he had one touchdown and two picks. It is a bad sign when your quarterback is throwing more interceptions than touchdowns on a regular basis. That is not good. Put your team in bad field position. Put your defense in bad field position. Makes it hard to win, which is why players like Odell Beckham have won it out of New York for quite some time, and he eventually got that and left New York. The Giants, and this is a really funny stat, the Giants have been bad as the Browns since 2017. Like, right, we're talking about the Browns that didn't win a game a couple years ago. Yes, the New York football Giants. The Browns have a record of 8-25-1. The Giants have a record of 8-26, and 26, and the Browns had a 0 for a 0 in the win column one of those seasons. 
That's not good. That's not good. Eli Manning's a shot fighter. Eli Manning is wasting the career of a guy like Saquon Barkley, who people say is the most talented running back in the NFL, the most explosive running back in the NFL. And every time Saquon Barkley gets hit, because we know this about running backs, a little bit of the, the life bar goes down because running backs have that have only so many hits in them. And he's wasting those hits for a quarterback that is taking him and his team nowhere. Like I said, you don't want to break up with your first girlfriend, right? The sex was great. But you want to know what? When she's cheating on you, you're going to have to make a decision. Remember your old friend always playing tag at the park? Riding your bikes places, doing God knows what? All the playdates? And then your friend steals $200 and you're like, oh, I'm going to have to kick you to the curb, man. You love your family members. You love your cousins. But when they keep knocking on your door and asking you for stuff, you're like, bro, bro, you got to chill. And that's how people get cut off. And you always don't want to cut off people. In fact, it's hard. But it's something that needs to be done and it's something that has to be done. Because for the New York Giants to go forward, they need to forget about the Eli era quick, fast, and a hurry. And hopefully Daniel Jones can do that. Now, the Cleveland Browns on uh, Monday Night Football. Uh, you know, I'm trying to... <laughs> I don't want to rain on anybody's parade, but uh, the Browns had a great game. Uh, Baker Mayfield threw for uh, over 300 yards. 23-3 against the Jets, a 23-3 win. They look good. They looked really good, but I want everybody to remember this. They blew out the New York Jets. And this is how bad the Jets are. Earl Beckham had 161 receiving yards, right? Really good, really great. Guess how many receiving yards the Jets had as a team? 125. You see, when one guy is <laughs> doing six times the production of, you know, multiple guys, you know, that's never a good sign. The Jets played without Sam Darnold, their starting QB. Quinn Williamson, their number one overall pick, uh, their first round pick this year, who's a great interior defensive lineman. And C.J. Mosley, their prized free agent, who's a three down linebacker and can play against the run and the pass. Again, the Jets are not a good football team, guys. The Jets, they've been outscored 4-3 after taking a lead against my Buffalo Bills. 16-0. Oh, they had a 16-0 lead against the Buffalo Bills week one. And since then, they've been outscored 40-3. Not a good football team. And they've lost seven, seven straight home games. The longest active streak in the NFL. But, you know, the Browns did what they were supposed to. They beat... A bad team, but you want to know what? Good teams are supposed to be bad teams. So I'm not going to overreact. They came in and they did what they were supposed to do. Odell had his homecoming coming back to MetLife Stadium in New Jersey. Right? The Browns are 1-1. One one. They've avoided hell falling down on earth, right? The Raps are coming too soon. <laughs> going 0-2 because you know everybody Cleveland be freaking out. But the schedule for the Browns, it, it does not get easier from here. They're going to play the Rams who are 2-0. 
on Sunday Night Football, another primetime game. So like I said, this is a moment we're going to see what Baker's about. We're going to see what Odell's about. We're going to see what the Cleveland Browns are about. We're going to see what Freddie Kitchens are about. We will see Sunday Night Football when the Los Angeles Rams come into Cleveland. Because the Rams are for real, and I have the Rams going to the Super Bowl. So we're, we're going to see a lot during that game. But after that, they play the Ravens. The Ravens are 2-0. The 49ers, 2-0. After that, the Seahawks, 2-0. Bye. Then after that, they're at Patriots, 2-0. So this, these next six or seven games for the Browns will be very telling of how their season is going to go. How does Baker react to Freddie Kitchens? How does the team react to Freddie Kitchens? Does Odell lose his mind? I don't know. But I also want to get back to this, too. God damn, the Jets are an awful football team. And, you know, I just want to hate on the Jets as a Bills fan because they're in our division. But uh, you do realize that Trevor uh, Simeon, who, who I thought, I think Trevor Sim, uh, Trevor Sermon, Simeon, excuse me, I, I think he's a above-average backup quarterback. I, I was high on him when he was with the Denver Broncos a couple years ago. But here's what happened. He was 3 of 6, 3 yards, and he was mic'd up on Monday Night Football, and I had to write this down in my notes because he said, Hey, you know, I, I need to help the defense out a bit. No, duh. You need to help the de your defense out a little bit, Trevor. Here's the Jets' drive chart. Punt, punt, punt. Field goal, punt, punt, punt. Turnover on downs, punt. Turnover on downs, fumble. Not very good. In fact, very bad. Now... Next up, what I do want to do before we take our first break, uh, and after the break, we're going to have Silas Garrison on. What I do want to do is I want to give my record. I'm going to give my record for week two, right? I was 9-4-1, I believe, week one. Week two, I was better. I was 10-6. and six. Uh, The Browns game was a little bit and you know uncertain because I picked the Jets, and I have to eat crawl on that, right? I was wrong. I picked the Jets to beat the Browns, but also I thought Sam Darnold would be playing. And I did say last show, I now think the Browns will win, and they did. But you know what? I'll put that in the loss column. I'll do that. I'll put that in the loss column. So I was 10-6 and six instead of being 11-5. Still over 500, still looking good. So Buccaneers at Panthers. I was wrong. I had the Panthers winning. Uh, Cam Newton looked awful, and Cam Newton might not even play uh, next week. Cardinals at Ravens, I was right. The Ravens won. Cowboys at Redskins, I was right. Colts at Titans, I was right. Seahawks at Steelers, I was wrong. But Ben Roethlisberger also got hurt. Midway through that game, he is having season-ending uh, shoulder surgery. So you, I mean, arm surgery. So you could make the argument. I could have been right about that one. But I'll even give that one in the lost column. Bills at Giants, I'm right. The Bills won. 49ers at Bengals, I'm right. The 49ers beat the Bengals. Chargers at Lions, I was right. The Chargers... Excuse me, I was wrong. The Chargers lost to the Lions. Vikings at Packers. The Packers won. Jaguars at Texans. I was wrong on that one. I had the Jaguars winning, and they lost. And now it looks like Jalen Ramsey is going to request a trade. Patriots at Dolphins. I was so very right on that one, but that one wasn't that hard to predict since the Dolphins are worse than the Jets. Chiefs at Raiders. I was right. The Chiefs would win. Saints at Rams. I was right. The Rams win. Bears at Broncos, the Bears win, and that makes me right again. Eagles at Falcons, I was wrong, even though that was a very close game. But I was wrong, the Falcons end up beating the Eagles. And Browns at Jets, I was wrong. So 10-6, and six, 
not a bad record. Um, it's a wild card team, actually. 10-6 and six is a nice number. Now, coming up next, after the break, we're going to have Silas Garrison on the show. Coming up next, after the break, on Barbershop Sports Talk. back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have Silas Garrison on the show. How you doing, Silas? Hey, what's up? Now, Silas, the Buffalo Bills are 2-0. They play Cincinnati this week. Are the Buffalo Bills for real, Silas? So basically, so so New England still has nothing to worry about. Hmm? So New England still has nothing to worry about. Now, Silas, to explain to everybody, because you play football, you know football, you said you're a football savant. Explain to everybody how better the Miami Dolphins are. They the worst team ever. I think the I think the Miami Dolphins are so atrocious that they should highly consider giving money back to the fans uh, <laughs> and pay them for coming to the games. Um, the Dolphins are so. The, the Dolphins are so bad, it actually is disrespectful to the rest of Miami sports because the, the majority of the best football players in the NFL come from the South, many of which come from Miami, Florida. So for you to have amazing college football programs and for you to have very good uh, college football programs, uh, the best high school programs in the country, 
and for you to have the worst football team in the league because of person. See, nobody cared when the Browns were terrible. We expected that you were from Cleveland. This is Miami we're talking about. Like, it's Miami. Like, God's waiting room. So for you to be bad in Miami, nothing's bad in Miami. The hotels aren't bad in Miami. The females aren't bad in Miami. The churches aren't bad in Miami. But the only thing that's bad in Miami is the Dolphins. And that's just the churches. Now Silas. Big Ben, out for the season, elbow injury. What are your thoughts? As uh, Malcolm X said in 1963 on the assassination of uh, uh, John F. Kennedy, I will quote, it's the case of the chickens coming home to roost. (laughs) Silas. This is what you get. This is what you get. And I'm not saying that for Ben Roethlisberger. I am not happy that he got hurt. But what what I'm happy about is I'm seeing an organization that's crumbling to the ground before our very eyes. Now, I seem to remember, especially, Daryl, I seem to remember coming on your podcast. And you were telling me how the Steelers will actually be better without AD because of the distractions. I bet they would take all those distractions right now. All of them. I would take all those distractions. If that meant I could have Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown back for one game. Because here's the realization. They're probably going to be picking top ten in the draft now. Actually, they won't be picking top ten in the draft because they lost their draft pick to Mike Gott to, uh, to uh, Miami. Patrick, the, the Dolphins. Pick, yeah, right. To Miami. Yep, exactly. So I don't really know where this rebuilding process is even going to go. First of all, I'm not making the playoffs. Like I, I told you that, too, and I, I, we already talked about that. I said they won't make the playoffs. And um, I think I was 100% uh, I was 100% sincere in saying that, and I think I'm going to be backed up by the end of the year. But I don't even, but what's crazy is there's supposed to be a redlining uh, at the end of this road. There's supposed to be a care hanging in front of the Steelers fans at the end of the road because of the draft. But you just traded your, your, your first round draft pick. So what are you telling me here? How are you going to rebuild if you can't even pick in the draft? And I'm sorry, Mika Fitzpatrick is not pinched life. He is a very good corner. He is a solid corner. I love his ability to play man, and he actually can move around. He can play in the slot. He can play on. He can play press. He's a very good corner. But I want to know how are you going to be able to rebuild when you don't have draft picks? I don't know. That's just tough. But meanwhile, because I'm such a fanatic Steeler hater, I'm loving every second of it. I know you are, Silas. Well, what message would you have for Steelers fans out there? What message would you have for Steelers fans out there? What message do I have for Steelers fans? It's a couple things. Um, number one, listen to old Uncle Cy. Follow me at Buffalo's Finest on IG um, to get all the latest trash talk on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, next, if I tell you that grass is going to turn to cheese, start hustling crackers. Um, if I said it, it happens. You need to learn how to believe me. What I say is a prophecy. Um, as it pertains to A.B. and Antonio Brown, I just want to say this. I won't even talk about Le'Veon Bell. Steelers fans, please hit me and Daryl up. And just, just just, message back how bad it broke your heart when you saw A.B. score that touchdown for the, for the Patriots. Just tell, just, just email us. First of all, we don't really want to hear you Steelers talk that much. 
So if you could just email us maybe a sentence or two on how bad it broke your heart. Hey, Sides, si, you, you know what it reminds me of, Silas? Sides, you know what it reminds me of? You know that friend that everybody has? You know, you know, they're dating this girl. She's super fine. She's a dime piece. But he didn't know how to handle her, you know? Then he kicks her to the curve, and she finds a new guy, and it's like, okay, he knows what to do. And she's so much happier. Yeah, and here's, here's, like the, you know what, here's the thing, though, Dale. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers fans are the ones that got dumped. Like, they're the ones, like, they're the, but here's the big part. They're the ones that did, they're, they're the ones acting like they're the ones that got dumped. But they're the ones that did the dumping. The Steelers let them go. They let them walk. They let them leave. But now, when Lady Bell gets his money and he's happy, now you're looking at him like, oh, he booed up with somebody else. Now when AB scoring touchdowns, get past the throne from Tom Brady, now you're like, oh, he booed up. But here's my thing. You are the one that broke up with them, so what you laugh about? No, you just need to go get you a new boo thing. But that, see, that's the thing. See, your boo thing, she on, she on the shelf all now. Oh, man, I'm for 30. So you ain't got no boo thing. You out here playing the single life. Yeah. Now, Eli. It, 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 yo, it, 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 you know that. You know that, Daryl. It, it get cold in Pittsburgh. It, it get real cold. It does when you have nobody to snuggle night. with. It is when you don't have a couple partner. Mm-hmm. Um, Eli Manning benched by the New York Giants. Silence. I said it early in the show. It's about damn time, like LeBron said. But don't you feel a little bit of sympathy for Eli? I mean, just a couple of tears. I mean, he won two Super Bowl rings. He's been the face of the New York football Giants, and he gets benched? Two cheers for two years. That's all I have to say. Two cheers for two years. Everything that he did besides going to the Super Bowl and beating, I believe, you know, by far the greatest uh, quarterback of all time and arguably the best quarterback of all time. He didn't really do anything. He was, he was virtually average throughout the rest of his career. And nobody's giving you cheers for average. So, as I've said, Two cheers for two years. He will be one of the only people to be so average, but then go to Canada and make the Hall of Fame. And that's actually where I want to go next. Should Eli be a Hall of Famer? In my opinion, in my opinion, yes. Um, I believe that when you win, when you win the big game, when you go to the big dance and you you cash in and win, and the manner in which he won. You have to be a Hall of Famer. And I know people are going to make the argument it's because of, you know, Peyton, his brother, and Rich, and Richie is his father. And, you know, you might even have a point. But I'm saying if I was on the committee, there's no way I would have put Eli Manning in this man. You're talking about a two-time Super Bowl MVP. Um, yeah, you're talking about two-time Super Bowl MVP and two-time Super Bowl winner. Uh, he was obviously, uh, he, he went on two historic runs that got them there. And we all know that those two runs would not happen had it not been for Eli Manning. So I, I, I get it. He had a very pedestrian career, but let's just be real. Not, when you win MVP twice in the Super Bowl, you're immortalized. And, that's just, and this is just the latest example of that. So yeah, that might be a decent Hall of Famer. Should Eli be a first ballot Hall of Famer? Absolutely not. Not first ballot, second ballot, fourth, the last ballot. Like, he should be, you should be like a last vote when they bring it in. You know, you know there's a chance he, Silas. He should like accidentally make it. You know there's a chance that he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and T.L. is going to end up being a third ballot Hall of Famer, right? 
which I think is disgusting, but... Yeah, well, <clears throat> and here's the thing. You know, it really just, see, at that point, it just comes down to politics. You know, like, which which one looks more sexy to put in first? You know, when you see T. Terrell Owens, you know, you see a, a, a person who spoke his mind, you see a person who was divisive within the locker room, but you saw that he came to work and he balled out. You see a person like Eli Manning, who's a very pedestrian quarterback who went on two amazing runs and because he keeps his mouth shut, he just looks more sexy to put in the Hall of Fame. So, yeah, I'm not surprised by that. And we also have to remember, you know, uh, Terrell Owens played a very good position at, court, at wide receiver, you know, and the ball touches Eli Manning's hands every play. And it's the most, uh, most significant, noticeable position in football, so I'm not surprised by that, actually. I'm not saying it's right, but I recognize that it's true. Now, Silas, you like to talk trash on the field, and I think you can relate to kind of a guy like Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey used to talk about he's sick and tired of the losing. Jacksonville, they won't pay him. They won't pit him in man coverage. They have him in zone, and he's arguably the best cornerback in the NFL, and Jalen Ramsey requests to trade. You think the Jaguars should grant uh, Jalen Ramsey's wish, or do you think Jalen Ramsey's wrong for requesting a trade in the first place? Ramsey's wrong for requesting a trade. The man just said how he felt. Why can't he say how he feels? And for all the people out there who would say that Jalen Ramsey's wrong, I just want to make this clear. First of all, two things. You're never going to make both teams happy. If you change Jalen Ramsey, Jaguar fans are going to be upset. And if you keep Jalen Ramsey, Jalen Ramsey will immediately become a distraction in the locker room on purpose because he doesn't want to be there in the first place. So no matter what, you're not going to make either happy. And in terms of him getting traded away, I mean, here's the deal. I don't really see the point in keeping somebody who doesn't, who doesn't want to be there. What's the, what, what did Mike Tomlin say about AB and Le'Veon Bell? We want, we want uh, participants, not hostages. Well, what's the point of keeping Jalen Ramsey hostage if he doesn't want to play for you? That's unintelligent. And I'm not saying this because I want Jalen Ramsey to succeed. I mean, obviously, I, do. I, I love him. He's a great player. But I'm not even saying this from a biased perspective. Look, if you don't want to keep him, that doesn't mean that you have to trade him to the team that he wants to go to. All right, you don't want to play for us? All right, well, I'm not going to put you out there. I would rather have, in my opinion, I would rather have a two-star athlete who gives me everything than a five-star athlete who has one foot out the door. All right, cool. Well, since you already got to put out the door, AB, then what I'm going to do is I'm going to, or not AB, what I'm going to do, uh, Ramsey, is I'm going to send you to a team that gives me the best offer, and I'm going to be completely heedless of your feelings because you are heedless feelings of the Jaguar fans. So I'm not letting Jalen Ramsey's wrong for requesting a trade, and I'm not going to say that, 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 uh, that the Jaguars are going to be wrong if Jalen Ramsey doesn't end up with the team that he wants. It's a business. Silas, where would you like to see Jalen Ramsey go? So here's the thing. I want to see Jalen Ramsey with the Buffalo Bills. I recognize that that won't happen. Dude, do you see how Levi Wallace is playing right now from Alabama? He is like a shutdown corner. Oh, his technique is great, but that's not my business. I should never run that up. I think Jalen Ramsey needs to go to the Chiefs. I think that is ideal. I heard a report earlier this morning that uh, the Jaguars want two first-round picks, so it's clear that they, they, don't, they don't mind trading them. And I think it would be ridiculous not to trade two first-round picks for a person like Jalen Ramsey. I think that's ridiculous. Um, I think he is, in my opinion, I think he's worth three first-round picks. I mean, you gotta, you gotta remember, this guy has the ability to shut down literally an entire half of the field and literally take away your best receiver. 
maybe not, like you're never gonna take away Odell Beckham fully out of the game. Same thing with like Julio Jones and, and AB. But if you can keep them under, 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 under wraps, meaning like hold them maybe to like one touchdown, maybe like 30 yards that you drop. And this is the type of ability that this young man has. So in my opinion, I would love to see him with the Chiefs. I, I really want to see what Patrick Mahomes in the in the Chiefs offense can do with like a shutdown corner. Who can maybe give a uh, Patrick Mahomes in that offense maybe two more extra possessions? Because no doubt, if they had Jalen Ramsey last year, I believe they they go to uh, I believe they go uh, to, to the championship. Now, Silas, what ends up what ends up Bill Belichick's grinning right now, and he makes a play for Jalen Ramsey. What about if Jalen Ramsey goes to the Patriots? Oh my goodness! <laughs> that's probably that's probably going to extend Tom Brady's career by about maybe two more years. Uh, so I would say I would say probably another three championships, three championships with the Tom Brady era. Now, now, Silas, quick question: Who's who's a better cornerback? Because Jalen Ramsey was just talking about in his press conference, he was like, "You know, you're arguably one of the best, arguably the best cornerback." And Jalen, I love that. Jalen's like, "There's no arguably, I am." What about Stephon Gilmore? Who's who's a better corner, Stephon Gilmore or Jalen Ramsey? Oh my God, that's not even close. Jalen Ramsey is head and shoulders above Stephon Gilmore. Um, it, it's it's literally not close. Now that those two, now is, is Stephon Gilmore still with the Patriots? Yes. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Uh, first of all, <laughs> you're not throwing on either of them if they play on the same team. I'm like, let's get that clear. Like, throwing is irrelevant. You might as well start running the ball. Hey, good luck with that with Danny Shelton. I love how we make this with the, this idea that the Patriots don't have good players. That's ridiculous. No, they just need to pay for the price. But in terms of Jalen Ramsey, Stephon Gilmore, they don't even deserve to be in the same conversation. First of all, and I wish I... I, was, I almost listened to it to the podcast where I could like pull up film. But understand this, when you see Jalen Ramsey, you are looking at peak form and his ability to be aggressive, his ability, his, as well as start here, his confidence in himself is ridiculous. Now most people don't like to play man for fear of getting beat and they, they I'm not sure, don't like to play man up close and in the box what we call it the phone booth because in the phone booth you gotta get hands on and if you miss like say on a person like AB he's out the door or Tyreek like, numerous times with Jalen Ramsey put hands on AB hands on Odell hands on Julio people that he's smaller than and it just didn't matter because his form is so great and his form is not only the best part but his ability to be aggressive and his confidence in himself to be overly aggressive it just makes him just makes him so good and not to mention his recovery time to get deep but then his ability to track the inside hip and then get back on the ball and get his head around and make plays it's just it, it's the best of the league hands out so you know with this and we're talking about how Jalen Ramsey could swing the pendulum of the AFC Who's playing at a higher level right now, the Chiefs or the Patriots? Because both these teams are the class, to me, of the NFL right now. Oh, man. Uh, you know, just on, on level of difficulty, I'm going to go with, with, with the Chiefs and all the... Let's just talk about this, man. I mean, these are obviously the two best teams in the, in the league, in my opinion, in my personal opinion. These are the best two teams in the league. As we stare... And going into week three. However, I also recognize that neither of them have really had that much competition. Now, just based off competition alone and consistency, I will go with the Chiefs. Um, 
Patrick Mahomes doesn't look like he's taken a, a foot off the gas. He would have thought the season from last year was the same season this year. I mean, he is just looking phenomenal. Um, but, I mean, that it's, it's literally a pick I mean, they're both playing amazing. Um, but I'm also cognizant that neither of them have really played anybody that great, so I'm still going to uh, reserve the right to decide who will be better until they play this year. Now, Tom Brady, this guy, he is playing at such a high level at such a at such an age, and and, I, and I'm still shocked about it. How, how do you think Tom Brady's able to do this, Silas? Well, I think it's a lot of the, so. Number one, he he plays a position that is extremely protected and intentionally so. Uh, the league recognizes that the, that America loves seeing the quarterback succeed, and. As a result, they want these quarterbacks who are very good to play longer. They want them to be safer. So as a result, the game is safer than ever for quarterbacks. And naturally, that person's arsenal builds a quarterback, especially a person like Tom Brady. Um, who, uh, getting the ball away very quickly and then not get um, I think his ability to read defenses, you got to understand, Tom Brady... There is not pretty much any defense that you can put in front of him that he doesn't know. So, with that being said, you know, my granny used to say you need to know the rules to the game and let that do it better than everybody else. I mean, that's, you know, if I had to draw an example of that, that would be Tom Brady. So, his ability to break down defenses, his, his, the ability for him to, to not do what he does on the field, but also what he does in the film room, with the ridiculous, and in the weight room, the ability to take care of his body. I mean, it's not just what you lift, it's also what you eat. You know, a lot of people don't recognize that, and I think Tom Brady's changing the mold of that, and people realize that. So, I'm not the best Tom Brady advocate, but I can definitely say kudos to him on this one. Cam Newton's hurt again. Do you think it's time for the Panthers to pull the plug on Cam Newton and start looking at a potential contingency oh plan? Whoa, 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 whoa. We are not pulling the plug on Cam Newton. Cam Newton. The linebackers are pulling the plug on him, Silas. The linebackers are pulling the plug Cam. on him. <laughs> Cam Newton. Here's the thing. So what are you going to do? Do you want him to stop running? Like, what people don't realize is that's what makes Cam Cam. And I think Cam can be Cam for another three to four years. Now, I will first of all, if this is anybody's fault, it's not Cameron's fault for getting hurt. I put I, this on ownership. Now, Cameron runs enough by himself. He runs enough by himself where he not provoked the run. Yet, the, the coaching staff, Mike Rivera, Ron Rivera, charge up plays in the dirt for this man to run every game. If you know how he runs, you know he doesn't want to spot a bounce, you know he's going to put his shoulder down, so why would you put him in those predicaments? Now, at this point, you can't teach Tam at 29 something different. You can't keep teaching at 30 something different. So he is who he is now. Because if you didn't like that, you could have changed that when he came into camp. He wasn't going to be the same player, but because he was so dominant when he was playing like that earlier in his career, you were like, okay, I'm willing to let it go. Well, now you can't say that. That he's, that he's spoiled good now because he's still better than the majority of the quarterbacks in the league. The only, the only issue is now you have to live with him missing quite a few games because he's hurt now. Will he be, will he, will he be there down the top? Yes. The, the question is, do you have the people around him to make him available down the pipe? That's what I don't know. I don't think Cam's the issue. I think we knew down the pipe he was going to miss 
some games um, because of his play style ability. What I want to know is do you have other players who can step up until he gets back? And I don't think getting rid of your quarterback is going to be the answer, especially your generational talent like Cameron Newton. Now, Silas, with Drew Brees hurt, there's a big conversation right now. Who should the Saints start? Terry Bridgewater? And I've heard some people say start Taysom Hill, that big, strong, wildcat quarterback. And I'm kind of up the, under the impression, go with Taysom. Who, who do you think Sean Payton should start? He definitely needs to start uh, uh, Terry Bridgewater. Um, Taysom Hill is not the quarterback that uh, Teddy Bridgewater is. Not even close. DB is a much better quarterback. His, his form is better. He has a better feel for the offense, I can already tell, because he's already gotten those reps over uh, Taysom Hill. Um, Taysom Hill is a running quarterback, and that's the majority of what he is. Now, the reason why a lot of people want to make this argument as to if Taysom Hill should start or not is for one reason one reason only. When you see Taysom Hill, he makes flashy plays. But it's important to understand that he's only in the game to make those flashy plays. In other words, if out of 100% of the game, he plays maybe 10 to 20 snaps, it's because the play was literally designed for him to make a play. If he could play all 100 snaps at quarterback, trust me, he would. And if that was the case, he'd be playing for somebody else right now. He wouldn't be sitting as a third-string quarterback. So, no, it should not be Taysom Hill starting. I think the quickest way to get the, the, the Saints out of playoff contention would be to start Taysom Hill. Okay, Silas. Now, Silas, Jamal Adams, safety for the New York Jets, one of the best safeties in the NFL, was benched, and then he unadded the Jets from uh, his Instagram and his Twitter. Now, here's my question to you. Should Jalen Adams be, I mean, excuse me, should Jamal Adams be that butthurt about getting benched? Is it that big of a deal to cause that stir up? I know Silas loves the Jets' misery. He loves it. I think he just wasn't they making doing the plays. They were getting blown out, and Greg Williams was like, "See ya, wouldn't want to be ya." <laughs> okay, well that's ridiculous. Um, I can name about four plays just off the top of my head where Jamal Adams was flashing on the screen. He, in fact, he he had maybe like a six yard. Or Odell Beckham had a six yard head start when he was uh, when he was running for that eighty five yard, eighty six yard touchdown, and Jamal Adams caught up to him and almost ended up tripping him up. Um, and I remember three plays where Jamal Adams tackles in the backfield. And you know how he is. He's a, he's a come down corner. Um, now, now, Silas, really quickly, before I let you go, tell me this. Should the Steelers pick up Colin Kaepernick, yes or no? You know what? Um, obviously, they should. I think, I think any team at this point should pick up Colin Kaepernick because he's still a very decent quarterback. Um, when we last saw him, he was a decent quarterback. He was good enough to start in this league, so I don't see why he's not good enough to be a number two or a number three. And and Donald, sure, the Steelers, no excuse not to pick him up, at least come in and give him a try. Here's my thing. Just bring him in, see how he looks, let him throw a couple balls, 
And if he impresses you, sign him. If not, come go home. But the thing is, you don't even want to give him a chance because you're in fear of his, uh, not antics, because they weren't antics, but his, uh, you're, you're more scared of his political speech than the reward of him coming into your ball club. And for that reason, because NFL teams have personal agendas that don't involve social issues, I don't believe he'll get that chance. And yes or no, was LeVar Ball wrong to call Lonzo damaged goods? Yes or no? Well, I, I can't put that in a yes or no because he, there was more context behind what he said. Um, but the short answer was uh, yes, no, he wasn't because he was just speaking hypothetically. It's not like he was saying my sensible, but he was saying that somebody else said that. So uh, for that pretext, I don't believe he was wrong. I think that was a father and son having... Just a just a just a passionate conversation about business, and I don't think it went off the rails because lots of didn't let it go off the rails because he has respect for his father. So I don't think he was off the I don't think he was off the cuff on that one. Silas, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate. It. All right, we'll see you. It's time for a little crazy, lazy, or maybe Jamal Adams safety for the New York Jets takes the Jets off his Twitter bio and reportedly unfollows them. Now, NFL reporter Dove Kleinman noticed Tuesday that Adams removed mentions of the Jets from his Instagram and Twitter bios. Now, Adams has backtracked by saying that he never followed the Jets in the first place. I'm going to go with a maybe. While I don't care that this is uh, that he unfollowed the Jets or that he never followed them, I, I do think that, you know, maybe part of this is he's frustrated. Well, that you know, they got blown out by the Browns on Monday Night Football. They lost to my Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Bills came back from a deficit of 16-0. They're 0-2. This isn't what Jamal Adams envisioned, and it looks like the Jets are headed towards a top three pick. Report. Minka Fitzpatrick traded to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Dolphins received multiple picks. ESPN's Adam Schefter broke the news, while Ian Rappaport of NFL Network provided the full trade breakdown, including one of which will be Pittsburgh's 2020 first-round pick. I'm going to go lazy. You see, here's my problem with this, uh, and it's not that Pittsburgh, they're not making the right decision by doing this and by getting a young asset and getting a guy that can potentially be in their defensive backfield for years to come. It's the fact that Without Ben Roethlisberger having his elbow injury, right, he's gone. The Pittsburgh Steelers could potentially be in a situation where they're drafting in the top five. A safety is not worth a top five pick. No end, if ends or buts about it. A safety is not worth a top five pick. So I think I'm going to, the Steelers are not looking at the big picture. Maybe they think Mason Rudolph is better than a lot of us think and sure as hell as I think. Because... Right now, it looks like they're going towards top five pick in the NFL draft, and they're not going to have that pick. Jalen Ramsey rumors. Cornerback requests trade. Jaguars have talked to multiple teams. Now, Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen of ESPN reported the news, noting Jacksonville does not plan or does not have a plan in place to trade Ramsey, but has talked to teams that are very interested in him. I'm going to go crazy. And, and partly because, you know, I... The Jaguars, they were my pick to surprise a lot of people. They were in the AFC Championship game two years ago up against Bill Belichick and Tom Brady in the fourth quarter, up double digits in Foxborough, in Massachusetts, in Gillette Stadium. And then Blake Bortles spit the bit. 
And now you have Jalen Ramsey, one of the most rambunctious, one of the most talkative, fun, uh, trash-talking players in the NFL, and he wants to leave this Jacksonville Jaguars team, and I just find that sad. But if you look at there's been reports, I've seen stuff. Ramsey to the Patriots, Ramsey to the Chiefs. It's just sad to see how this has went down. Ben Roethlisberger, I fully intend to honor Steelers' contract after injury. Roethlisberger talking about whether he will retire or not or whether he will play again for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm going to go a lazy. Ben might be saying this now and he full well might believe right now that he will honor his contract and play again for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But after he talks to his doctor, he talks to his wife, he talks to his mom, he talks to his dad, he talks to his family and friends and his agent, he could be like, well... I kind of don't want to come back. People change minds. You know, You know what you say is very fluid. Remember Kyrie Irving said to the Boston Celtics, I'd be so lucky if you fans had me. And then he went to the Brooklyn Nets. Remember when Kyrie was in Cleveland and he said, I'm with LeBron, the greatest player in the world. Why would I want to leave? Two months later, Kyrie Irving requested a trade out of Cleveland. Mike Leach says California should focus on keeping... Streets clean, not NCAA bill. Now, Mike Leach, uh, head football coach for Washington State, says this. The state of California has trouble keeping their streets clean right now. So my thought is that they probably ought to focus on that. That's just one guy's opinion, and I'm sure that I'm probably wrong. But at the rate that California is handling their infrastructure and some of their other problems, you know, I think we'll see how they do with that before I really think it would be beneficial for the legislator of California to enter into college football. If you see benefits to them entering into college football, I'd love to hear it because they seem to be determined to do it. Lazy. Well, I, I do love the fact that Mike Lee just talked about California's bigger issues to worry about than uh, college athletes getting paid. Kind of seems like he's hating on California, you know, Pac-12. He's from Washington, Washington State, you know, kind of rivals. Uh, obviously, he probably does not believe in college athletes getting paid. But I don't think he's looking at the big picture about this and what California is doing and how it could potentially affect positively and create a change for the NCAA in terms of having Division One, particularly college football and basketball players, getting paid for their monetary worth. Panthers QB Cam Newton aggravated foot injury status uncertain for week three, according to... Jordan Rodriguez of The Athletic, the Panthers general manager Marty Herney said Newton aggravated a left foot injury he suffered during the preseason and added, we will see how it goes. NFL Network's Tom Policero reported that Newton's status for Sunday's game against the Arizona Cardinals at State Farm Stadium is up in the air. Rather than practicing, Newton was reportedly rehabbing the injury Tuesday. Maybe... Like I said, you know, besides Andrew Luck, Cam is on my list of guys that could potentially retire. Cam, Cam's taken a lot of beating, a lot of punishment. He's a running quarterback. He runs over linebackers. I am not surprised. And that's it for crazy, lazy, or maybe. Now, cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. I'm going to tell you what I thought of. LeVar Ball calling Lonzo Ball damaged goods. Cut him next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk.
Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. I once again want to thank Silas Garrison for coming on the show. I appreciate him taking some time out of his day to come on. Now, there's another Antonio Brown allegation, and I just want to read this to you guys. So, according to the Clamenco's report, uh, Brown agreed to buy a portrait of himself at a 2017 Pittsburgh artwork auction taking place at a charity softball game the NFL star was hosting. Brown liked the painting so much that he invited the artist to his home and hired her to do a mural of himself at the residence. But the artist told uh, Clemico that Brown regularly flirted with her, and on one of the days she was working at the house, she found him standing behind her almost completely naked. Now, this is in wake of uh, the prior allegation of him doing uh, basically a forcibly uh, raping her, and there's... The first woman claimed rape and a couple other uh, acts of uh, sexual misconduct and sexual assault. Now, you know, and, and, I, and I've kind of been trying to be careful when I talk about this because I don't know what happened. Uh, Antonio Brown, uh, his lawyers, his friends, his people, they are denying it. And, you know, in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. So I'm not going to say he's guilty of it. The NFL hasn't put him on the exempt list. There have been no criminal charges levied. But here's what I will say. And I do want to say this really quickly, because this goes in life. If there's a guy that you work with, uh, that you go to school with, that you know, male or female, and they kind of a jerk, always show up late, very unpleasant to be around. Maybe they like punching people in the face. Would you be surprised when that person comes out and you found out, hey, the guy at work that had the anger management problems? He was the serial killer, <laughs> right? Would you be that shocked? No. And here's what I have to say to that. And here's what I will say to that. Antonio Brown, like I said in this country, you're innocent until proven guilty. But he has done nothing. And let me repeat, Antonio Brown has done nothing to make me believe that he's innocent. He has done nothing. And I'm talking about prior behavior. From the way he acted in Oakland, he was illegally taping a coach uh, in California, which is illegal. From the Facebook Lives to the pissy attitude to just acting childish and having me question the guy's, quite frankly, his mental health and his mental stability. So given that, I I'm going to ask this. I'm just going to say this. Why should I believe Antonio Brown? Why should I? Now, I don't know either of the two ladies, and, I, and you know, I, I don't know if they're shady characters or maybe they're lying, but I'm just going to say what I know because Antonio Brown's in the public <laughs> eye. Why should I believe Antonio Brown? And there's really not a lot of evidence for me to believe that I should believe him. And I'm going to leave it at that. That's just my opinion on the matter. Now, I want to talk about... Uh, you ever seen Ball in the Family? It's the reality TV show. I was watching it yesterday. Lonzo Ball and his dad. Really quickly, they got into kind of a uh, a, a spat, and it was basically uh, Lonzo Ball. He's estranged from his dad, kind of right now, because uh, a family friend stole two million dollars from him, and he they trusted him to help run their business, and he stole two million dollars from him. And it, Levar Ball and Lonzo Ball. Father and son, they got into a huge argument about it. Lonzo was basically like, the brand sucks. People laugh at our brand. I lost $2 million. 
And then LeVar basically called them damaged goods. And then he Lonzo was like, well, what do the other people think? Because they have new people that are helping running the brand. And LeVar was like, I don't give a damn what they think. And you kind of saw Lonzo standing up to his dad, but then his dad kind of shut it down. You could see LeVar just, his ego, you know, and, and you could just see it show. And, and here's what I do want to say about this. And, and people made a good point that, you know, it's reality TV. Maybe it's uh, over-exaggerated. Maybe it's fake. But then there's other points, other counterpoints, what I think are even more valid. Why would you have the biggest asset for your brand, which is Lonzo Ball, the number uh, the former number two overall pick in the NBA draft a couple of years ago? He played for the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, the name brand franchise of the NBA. Has a lot of hype around him. Why would you have your best asset for a company criticize your product on your own family TV show? That's not good for business, especially when the big baller brand has not been put in the best of light recently. So that probably was real. And I don't blame Lonzo for being mad at his dad because his dad trusted his money with some fool that ended up stealing money from Lonzo. And I don't care how he was. And I, and I will tell people this the day I die. The quickest way to ruin a relationship I don't care if it's with a significant other. I don't care if it's with a family member. I don't care if it's with your best friend. It is over money. That is one of the easiest ways to ruin a relationship. I see that every day. I see that every day. I don't care if that is his dad. That is the quickest way to just easily just cut off a relationship. Cut it off. Kill it. But then the sad part about it is... And it gets into, you know, myself and the way I grew up. Like, you don't talk about family business on, on reality TV. Like, you know, they're, they're arguing and it's just like, just why? Like, do this behind closed doors. Like, it just made me sad. It's like, I don't want to see this. And then there's just, they're flipping back for the cameras. And Leangelo and LaMelo, both of uh, his two younger sons, Lucas uh, Lounge is the oldest. It's like showing them and they're in the living room. And it just, it's just sad. It's it just sad. And you can see their face. It's just sad. When you see Lonzo basically stand up his dad because his dad's like, hey guys, all three of my boys, let's go shooting. And Lonzo makes an excuse why he doesn't want to come and just like, I don't need to know this. Like, it's like you're making a spectacle of your family life when you should be trying to fix your family life. And I just want to give my two cents on that. And now here are my week three NFL predictions. Titans at Jaguars. I have the Titans winning 17 to 13. I think this will be a lackluster Thursday night football game. But I think the Titans will eke out a very low-scoring win. Bengals at Bills. I have the Bills winning 24-16. We will be 4-0 and then bring on New England next week. Lions at Eagles. I have the Eagles winning 28-19. Jets at Patriots. I have the Patriots winning 44-0. And the Patriots continue their run of dominance the last couple of games. Raiders at Vikings. I have the Raiders winning 22-20. Ravens at Chiefs. I have the Chiefs winning 29-28, to but this will be a bloodbath. This will be really close. This will be a duel between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson for the ages, and you all need to watch this game. Falcons at Colts. I have the Falcons winning 24-17. Broncos at Packers. I have the Packers winning 31-6. Dolphins at Cowboys. I have the Cowboys winning 34-10. I think Dak Prescott's going to have another very big game. Giants at Buccaneers. I have the Giants winning 27 to 24. And Daniel Jones' first start, his first start as an NFL quarterback. I have Daniel Jones pulling out the win. Panthers at Cardinals. I have the Panthers winning 14 to 13 without Cam Newton. A battle of rookie quarterbacks: Will Greer versus Kyler Murray. 
Steelers at 49ers. I have the 49ers winning 34 to 17. Saints at Seahawks. I have the Seahawks winning 27 to 16. Texans at Chargers. I have the Texans winning 24 to 23. Rams at Browns. I have the Rams winning 27 to 20. And for Monday Night Football, I have the Bears at Redskins. And I have the Bears winning 14 to 10. And we're still going to question, can Mitch Trubisky throw the football? Now, kind of next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk, it's time for our last segment, my favorite segment, a segment we haven't done in a long time, my nickname. Coming up next, after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk. And now it's time for my last segment, my favorite segment. If you haven't heard it, it's my nickname. The Night Train as we are leaving. You know, Mike Trout for the Los Angeles Angels is widely regarded as the best baseball player in the MLB. Some people I've heard, and guys like Max Kellerman, have called him year for year, age for age, the best baseball player ever. That goes against guys like a Babe Ruth, guys like a Lou Gehrig, guys like a Joe DiMaggio, guys like a Albert Pujols, guys like a Barry Bonds. And they say Mike Trout, pound for pound, year for year, age for age, has been the best ever. In a league where you're throwing 90 mile, 100 out, 100 mile per hour fastballs on a regular basis. Now, Mike Trout has had a season-ending foot surgery. But you know what it made me think? We haven't seen Mike Trout on the big stage. He's never been in a World Series. Hell, Mike Trout, no playoff wins in his career. His illustrious career. Three playoff games in his entire career, and that was in 2014. Folks, to tell you how long ago that was, I was a sophomore in high school, the 10th grade. One playoff series appearance, three losses, not what you'd expect from a star. I'm not going to blame Mike Trout because baseball, unlike other sports like basketball, or even a sport I do, wrestling, where the star can control their own destiny, right? Baseball star, single star, can't control his own destiny. It's your pitchers. It's the other guys in your lineup. And Mike Trout can't control that. So here's what I ask. The Angels, maybe you should let him go. Let him go to a team, maybe across the street, the Los Angeles Dodgers that have been in three straight World Series, three straight Fall Classics. Or maybe go to New York with the Yankees or the Red Sox. Or a big stage, big game, big team franchise where we can see Mike Trout's talents on display. I want to thank you for tuning into this episode of Barbershop Sports Talk, the 101st episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. I want to thank again Silas Garrison for coming on the show. Can't wait for the episode on Friday, and thank you for tuning into this episode of Barbershop Sports Talk. <laughs>